Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The doctrine of the resurrection of the dead is a crucial tenet of the Christian faith. In fact, it's embedded in three of the world's religions. In Judaism, the oldest, rooted in the biblical revelation of the Old Testament and held firmly to in the days of the apostle and up to this day. It's embedded in the newer religion of Islam, but it's embedded most of all directly in the doctrine of Jesus Christ found in the New Testament, in the Christian faith. The doctrine of the resurrection of the dead is a key truth of the Christian faith. Now, Paul spends quite a bit of time in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 developing this doctrine in relationship to Christ's own resurrection from the dead. It's very interesting the way he approaches it. Often we sort of read that chapter and we think about the fact that, well, Paul's arguing for the resurrection of the dead because Jesus rose from the dead. No, he's arguing the other way around. He's saying the dead in the future will be raised in the last day. It is the truth of God revealed in sacred scripture. And if that fact is not true, then Christ himself did not rise from the dead. Now, here's how this works. And it all comes together in a very strange expression, maybe, to our ears. And that is where Jesus is called the beginning or the firstborn from the dead. Let me read those scriptures to you. Jesus, the firstborn of the dead. Colossians 1.18 says about Jesus Christ that he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might be the one who is first in all things. Or the, the fuller passage, beginning at verse 18, and he, that is Christ, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Now, embedded in that scripture is two truths about Jesus Christ. One is that he is a human being. He is a human male of Jewish descent. He is the Messiah promised of old. And number two is he is the fullness of God. Deity is in Christ, for he is God incarnate, the word incarnate. This one, the one mediator between God and man, who is both man and God, has done something absolutely astonishing. He has brought about the end of things into our time and space history. You see, this is how this works. At the end, when God judges the world, the dead will be raised and all will appear before the judgment of God. And there, because of man's sin, he will be declared guilty. And unless his sin has been handled and his guilt has been cleared away, then he will perish everlastingly in the fires of hell. There is judgment coming at the end of time. And mankind stands under a guilty verdict, waiting for that day with fear and trembling to arrive. 
But Christ has come. He has come into our time and space history. This great person, Jesus, the Messiah, and he has brought the end into our time. He has dealt with the end on behalf of his own people in his own body on the tree and through his resurrection from the dead. Listen to some more scripture. Here are two other references to Jesus being the firstborn in relationship to the resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 23. Let me read the whole context. We need verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Now he's building off of his argument that if there's no resurrection at the, at the end time, then Christ has not been raised from the dead. So he begins that defense in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. But he says in verse 16, For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we're of all people most to be pitied. But he says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Now there's the point. Jesus Christ is the firstborn from the dead. Revelation 1.5 is the third instance where the doxology is being given. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, minor. Grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will well on account of him. Even so, amen. Jesus Christ is called the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. Now, hearing this expression that Jesus is the firstborn of the dead perhaps triggers a question mark in your mind. Jesus was not the first person to be raised from the dead. He is, he in his own ministry raised at least three people back to life. In Mark 5, we read about Jairus' daughter that Christ raised back. He brought her back from the dead. And we read in Luke 7, 14 about the widow's son out of his compassion this only son of this widow had died and they were having the funeral procession and he's, he passed the beer. He raised the child back to life, the son back to life and returned him to his mother. And most notable of all, there was Lazarus, his friend, who had been dead four days to where his body would have begun to stunk, his sister said. 
This is recorded in John 11. The most notable of Jesus' resurrection, of Jesus' miracles, his resurrection of his friend Lazarus from the dead after four days. In addition, in the Old Testament, there are at least three incidences recorded where the dead were raised also by a couple of the prophets. So obviously, Jesus was not the first person in time to be raised, and yet he is properly designated the firstborn from the dead. Now, why? Well, because the expression refers not to time. It's not talking about chronology. It's talking about type. It's an expression that refers to type, not time. You see, all the others who were raised from the dead before him were returned to life in this present fallen world in their same bodies subject to sickness and death again. They were, as we say, resuscitated. They were temporarily restored to their present life, but ultimately they would die and would be buried as all of mankind and would perish. They were, we would say, resuscitated, not raised to an immortal body. In other words, they were raised back to a temporal state, the temporal state of a mortal body subject to sickness, sin, and death. But in Jesus' resurrection, we have the beginning of the new order, the new creation, which is the destiny of all who are joined to him by faith. You see, what Jesus accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection was to bring the last day forward. And in his own person and body on the tree, the cross, he assumed our condemnation and our judgment. He bore the curse due to us, the punishment due to us, due to us because we're sinners who are rebels against God. And having fully exhausted the punishment that was against his own, he was raised from the dead to an eternal bodily, physical life no longer capable of corruption or death. It was and it is a glorious body in which some 40 days afterward he rose and ascended into heaven in that body and there he is before God the Father interceding for his own. It's very instructive to read 1 Corinthians 15 in conjunction with John chapter 11. Now, John chapter 11 is a story where he raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, when Jesus came, he'd been told his friend was sick some four days earlier. Now he arrives at the home of Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha. He found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And then Jesus said some startling words to her. He said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But that, that isn't what Jesus was referring to. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, 
yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And Jesus left it there, but he proceeded to do what? He proceeded to go to the tomb and ask them to roll the stone away. The sister objected. No, no, he'll be stinking by now. You can't do that. Jesus said, roll the stone away. And then he summoned Lazarus from the dead. And Lazarus came forth. The greatest of Christ's miracles before his own resurrection from the dead. Now see, in 1 Corinthians 15, we have some parallel truths expressed for us. The passages that I just read to you earlier, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. But here's the fact. Christ did rise from the dead. Verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. All those who belong to him, but in their proper order. Each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Then the others we raise not to life, but to judgment. But I tell you this, he writes in verse 15. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. This mortal body must put on immortality. And when the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up. In victory, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? A quotation from the prophet Hosea, Romans 8, 23. We ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Our citizenship is in heaven, Paul writes in Philippians 3. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. In Hebrews 9, 28, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. He will redeem them from the grave. They will be resurrected from the grave, to live in immortal bodies, bodies that have been changed into glorious bodies like his own. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what will be has not yet been appeared, has not been revealed, but we know that when he appears, when he's revealed and manifested, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So you see, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. He's the first in the new order because he's the second Adam, as we say. He's the head of the new redeemed humanity. He's the first, and those who belong to him will follow 
in his train. Ah, we worship Christ, the one, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of all things. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. Until next time, believe this. Christ has been raised from the dead. If you believe that he himself has paid the penalty of our sins on the cross, and if you come to him in humbleness, admitting your need, and ask him to save you, to cover you by his precious blood, he promises to receive you.